You are listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. I'm Edward Looney. And today on DNA Discoveries, I'm going to be having a very exciting conversation, and I look forward to sharing Gerard's story with you, and we'll get to that in a few moments. But this is always the beginning of the show invitation, that if you have a DNA discovery story of finding family that you would like to share, I encourage you to please reach out to me. Send me an email at dnadiscoveriespodcast at gmail.com or go on over to the DNA Discoveries website, dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm, and you can use the contact form there, and that will send me an email. It's helpful if you provide a little snippet of your story, entice me, get my interest, and I'll respond and look forward to scheduling an interview so that we can share your story with this DNA Discoveries audience. Now let's get on with today's show. Today on DNA Discoveries, I'm very excited to be speaking with Gerard because I think Gerard is going to tell us a story that is one that I haven't yet told or had the other person tell on this podcast. Because if you've listened to the previous episodes, it's typically someone does the autosomal DNA test and then they find out who their real family is. This is the NPE, the non-paternal event. But for Gerard, he's going to find out that he has a child. So so it's really telling the story from the perspective of the parent who learns this information. And uh, so I think that this will be a very unique story. And uh, Gerard is an individual who reached out to me and said, hey, I would like to tell my story on your podcast. I've been listening for a while. So just again, an invitation that if you have a story, this podcast exists because you reach out and you say, I want to share my story to encourage other people or to give hope to someone else maybe who's in a similar situation. For those who find out that they are a father of a child, uh, this, uh, this, I think this interview will really speak to them and uh, you know, it'll resonate with other surprise fatherhood story. So, uh, Gerard, you're on the line, and I'm so grateful that you're joining me today. Thank you. Thanks. It's, a, it's nice to be here. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so you well, reached out back uh, a few months ago, and essentially, yours was one of the shortest emails I ever got. You wrote, unbeknownst <laughs> to me, three years ago, I found out I had a 37-year-old son. Now that son has had a birthday, so 38-year-old son. So tell me a little bit about that. So how did you find out? What's the origin of this story? Yeah, it, it was um, – it, it happened it happened a few years ago. It was, it was just before COVID, frankly. And um, I, um, I was in my – I'm in my late 60s. And um, I have two children. I have a wife. I was divorced many, many years ago, and I'm, I'm remarried for many a lot of a lot of years. And um, uh, you know, I I have I had a business, and I you know we all kind of wake up every morning, and you you do what you do before you go to work. And <clears throat> my habit was I will I wake up and I either read and then check my emails. And then, uh, you know, shower and get dressed and go to work. So this morning, um, on this morning, I checked my emails and I got one. And uh, it said, hi, my name is Stephen. And I recently went on Ancestry DNA. And you and I came up as a strong match. Um, and I was uh, born... And what was the year was uh, was born in 1982, and I was and um, he said I was I was given up for adoption at three days old. I have a mother and a father that love me, but I recently went on the, the ancestry site, and you you and I came up as a match. And I'm I'm telling you this so that you know you're not surprised if you go to the site and all of a sudden you see this strong match and the strong match was either parent child or child parent. It was that strong a match. And, um, so he said, it, 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 I, I guess my point was, it was a very well-written email. So I'm reading it and I'm thinking to myself, Oh, this is a bunch of crap. 
You know, it's just in, some email that somebody sent me, you know, trying to get something or just messing with me. And so I read it and I started getting a little nervous. I started going, well, wow, what, what is this? You know, someone's coming at me kind of nervous. And um, I said, no, it's, it's got to be crap. I said, I'll just delete it. And then, and then I thought, well, what, what can I do? I can either address it, I can delete it. And I said, well, I'll delete it. And then if it comes back, then it's, it's more real than I thought. It's not just some scam. But there was something about the way the letter, the email was written. It, it just kind of smacked of truth. It smacked of, it wasn't kind of, um, I need something from you or you owe me or you hurt me. It was none of that. It was kind of just, I'm telling you because you're going to find out if you go on the site and I should back up for one second. The site, um, the, the reason I had the D I went and did the DNA is because the, this Christmas prior, I, I have two daughters and I gave them each a, a DNA kit. And what's funny is they, unbeknownst to me, gave me a DNA kit. So we kind of laughed about it. And like, that's kind of funny. You, we, we gave each other the same gifts. And we knew we were pretty Irish and Scottish. And so it was just, you know, going to be, let's take the test and see what happens. So we took the test, it came back and it was majority Irish. And then there was Scottish and there was a fraction of English and a fraction of African in there. So it was just interesting to look at. And so we yucked it up a little bit about that. And I looked, I looked at it and found some second and third cousins and all of this. So I, then after a month or so, I didn't look at it anymore. Um, and so I guess a few months later, his fiance, his girlfriend, gave him the, key, the kit because he was never anxious to do it. But his, his girlfriend, Stephen's girlfriend, kept saying, you know, you should do it. You should find out, see if your mother or father's out there and maybe you can find some, some stuff out about, you know, your history. So anyway, that's how he did it. And I wasn't checking the website at all. And then, and, and th then I got this email. So it's starting to sink in. And when you wake up and go about your day, it's kind of an everyday thing. This is what I do. You wake up and you do it. Well, all of a sudden, my day in my life and everything changed. I mean, all of a sudden I was, I was thinking, wow, this is, this is a whole, it, it was a severe right turn. It was not going down the road that you're on where you think everything's kind of going to go in a certain direction. All of a sudden it turned right or left. And um, so, and then I thought, what do I do? Do I tell nobody about it? Um, do I tell everybody? Uh, do I tell my wife? Um, so anyway, the law, I, I called, I called my wife. She works. She's a professional. She's been a professional for a long time and she works in Manhattan actually. And I called her and, and you don't call. Yeah. Um, the way, the way my wife is, she's kind of no nonsense. So I wouldn't call and say, Hey, did you see that blue sweater? Do you know where I left it? She would she would go nuts if I just called her at work for something silly. So I called and said, I said, look, I need five minutes. So she knew immediately something was up. So she said, you got it. So I proceeded to say, I got an email and I don't know how to explain this to you. So I'm going to read you the email. So I read the email verbatim to her. And at the end of the email, she paused and then she said, congratulations, you have a son, which is pretty much the best thing a wife could ever say. And it kind of blew me away. I think um, it's great that you called her. I think it's great that you told someone, you know, you said, I could tell nobody. But if you tell right. nobody, then you're hiding something. You're hiding a secret. Someone could find out. Your wife could find out if she's searching through emails or there's a correspondence that comes in the mail. So I think it's good that you called her. It's good that you told her. And uh, I, I'm curious, like, so so obviously this child that uh, has found you, this son, uh, this mm -hmm. was long before you met your wife. Oh, yeah. 
20 years plus. And then did you and your wife have children uh, yourselves? Or is this like the first time that you're having a child enter into your life? No. Um, so let, I, I, I have two daughters from my first wife. So in the 80s, um, I had two daughters. They're both grown now. Um, and actually, this past year, I was blessed to be a, be a grandfather. My my youngest daughter had a a, a, a son, so I'm, it's a that's an incredible miracle. Um, but um, then we we divorced in the early '90s, and then I got married in 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 mid 2000s. So my present wife, the one I called, she and I have been married for 16 years now. That's that's wonderful. So you have two other daughters. So this is your first son. And that's why she says and congratulates you on having a son, because this is a different type of family relationship than you've had in the past. That's right. And and, you know, and I didn't know what her her um, response was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be. I don't know why you bothered me with this crap now, thinking that it was just a, a nonsense story or maybe, hey, I didn't sign up for this when we got married. But she's she's a smart woman. And yeah, and the other thing is, I had no idea. So I never thought, you know what, I might have a child out there. I I never thought that. So, you know, I mean, and I guess if I did and didn't want to know about it, I would never have taken the DNA test. But I didn't. I never thought for two seconds about, boy, I don't know if I should do this because maybe something will come up that I don't want to know about. So I, I, I never had those thoughts. Yeah, everybody takes a test really to find out about ethnicity, and it's these surprises that happen when you find family along the way. Yeah, but some people do, you know, they do it intentionally, hoping that they do find out, you know. That's probably why your son took it. He knew he was adopted, he had a loving family, but he's like, I'm curious about who my parents are. And that's probably why he bought the autosomal DNA test kit, and uh, that's why he took it. So um, there are those reasons as well as to why uh, people take these tests. So you receive the news, you get the email. The first thing you do is you call your wife. What do you do next? Well, then I then um, then I, I got up and went to work, and naturally my mind is just racing about everything. No, that, I digress. Um, I answered the email and at the end of the email, he said, look, the reason I do this is just to let you know that if you go on the site, you may see that you have, you know, your two daughters, plus then I'm going to show up. So I just want to let you know that. And um, and he said, the reason I'm calling is that maybe we can open a line of communications up. So maybe take some time, speak to your family and get back to me if it's convenient. It was it was very polite. It was very polite, and, um, and I was taken by that. Uh, and so I was, I was a little scared. I was a little nervous. And even being an older man, I said, "Thanks very much. Uh, thanks for your email. Uh, I will do that. I'll speak with my family, and I will get back, you know, in a day or two." Um, Some. <laughs> My email was kind of, I didn't realize it then, but it was, it was kind of cold. And, um, so the, um, so, and, and anyway, I mean, it was to the point, it, it wasn't trying to be cold, but it certainly wasn't warm. But so anyway, I went to work and I had a fellow that works with me and he's very much into genealogy. So he would always talk about his history and where he comes from, his parents and grandparents and all of that and cousins and so he and I are close. And so I went in and I said, I said, Scott, do me a favor. I got this email this morning. Read this and tell me what you think. And so he read it and I'm watching him read it. And then he looks up and he doesn't say anything. And I said, it's real, right? And he just nodded his head. He, there were no words. Um, so it, it it was nice that I was able to share it with him because he was he's a confidant and he's uh, he's a good person he's a good man and I um you know so he con sort of confirmed it so then the, I just kind of went about my day I'm thinking boy this is a whole new it's a whole new world now it's not the same old day um, something that struck me during during the day I realized um, that. My my email back to him was very short. 
and sweet. And it was short and not sweet. It was, thank you very much. I will do this and I'll get back to you. And then it dawned on me how hard an email that must have been for him to write. So I, I was, I guess I was a little selfish and, oh my God, I got this. And he's telling me this without thinking, boy, how hard could this, how hard was this for him to write? He's writing to someone who's actually his father, who he's never met, he knows nothing about. And he wrote me a letter. So I, I just sent a quick email back. I said, by the way, I just want you to know that uh, I think it was very brave of you to write this letter. And I know it wasn't easy. And um, uh, I, I appreciate it. And thanks very much. And we'll get back together and we'll open up this line of communication. So I just sent an email back, kind of acknowledging to him. Yeah, And maybe it was for myself and not for him. But whatever it was, I wanted him to know that. I appreciated the effort for him to do that. And does so, he write back? Does he respond? Um, he didn't respond to that. He didn't. I, I kind of didn't expect it. I just, I, I just didn't expect it. Did he give you a phone number? Or did he just have the email? So, what's the next step of communication in the process? Yeah, there, there was no phone number. There was, um, it was just the email. And uh, so then what happened next? So then next, I thought, well, I have to tell my two girls. I have to tell them because that's mind-blowing. I mean, they were, you know, 29, 30 years old. And um, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, by the way, you have a brother. And it's so, possible on their ancestry DNA. He's already popped up. Then maybe they got a notification. So you have to address it pretty quickly, I would think. Oh yeah! Oh, believe me. They if, see the 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 only thing about that is I don't think they were on it a lot. So I don't think they were on it. I wasn't worried about that, and I certainly was never going to keep it from them. I just didn't know to do it immediately or wait a week or two weeks or you know any of that. I didn't. But so any one of my daughters was working nearby in the same county, and she said, "Dad, I'm going to come by and stay with you tonight." And I said, "That'll be great. We'll make dinner and blah blah blah." So. She didn't. She doesn't live with me. She lives um, with her husband, but she was away from her house, so she stayed with me that night. And I said, "That's great." So I said, "Come by," and I said, "Later on, we'll call um, your sister, and we'll get on a conference call. The three of us, or the two of us, we'll we'll make a we'll make a call. I just want to something I want to talk to you about." And so my daughter, who was coming over, didn't suspect anything. <laughs> so I texted my other daughter and said, yeah, listen, we're going to talk later. So the other daughter was, what, what is it? Are you okay? Is Anne okay? <laughs> she knew something was up, so the, the, the younger daughter. So it was funny. And I, I just was like, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. So, so, so time passes. Uh, my daughter comes over, we have dinner. So that evening we're um, sitting up in my room and I said, let's call um, your sister. So we call and we get on there. And I said, yeah, I have to, I have to explain something. So I have to tell you something that I found out today. And it was, it was that evening. So again, I said, I don't know how to explain this to you. So I'm going to read you this email. And that's exactly what I did. I read the email and the look on my daughter's face was astonishment and and there was no answer. And the other daughter who was on the speaker was the same. There was, there was no answer. And then I said, I'm going to read this again. And so I read the email again. And then my daughter who was there said, you mean I have a brother? And I said, I think so. So it, 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 it was, um, it, it was good. It, it, it was not, um, a problem. So it wasn't like, oh my God, this is horrible. I found out I have a brother. It was enlightenment. Their faces just, her face just lit up. And I could tell, even though my other daughter wasn't there, that she was just blown away by this. So uh, we discussed it and we talked back and forth. And to, to see that as a father, to see her, to see her light up, it was really great. And, then, <laughs> and there was one funny point my my the oldest daughter who was with me maybe 20 minutes a half an hour later we're still on the phone talking and she waves her finger she said wait a minute wait a minute 
And I said, what? She goes, I will not be the middle child. <laughs> so we we had a good laugh about that because she was the only girl her whole life. <laughs> and now all of a sudden she's the middle child. But um, so anyway, that happened. And um, so we, things started to, you know, I communicated back and forth. Now, there's something that happened during this. Not, not, not that happened, but I'm realizing I'm trying to do the math because he told me the year he was born and I could not figure out who his mom was. So I was not working. I'm sorry. I did not was not married. I did not have a girlfriend. I was not engaged. I was not out, you know, chasing women. And I'm thinking, well, something happened somewhere. And, and I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, and it's interesting. I have a big family. Um, I have a few brothers and sisters. And um, as in any family, you're closer to some than another. And so I, I called my sister. She lives out west. And I told her because she and I are close. And she said, you know, it's amazing and all. So I'm trying to do the math. And then I called her like uh, – I don't know, a couple of days later, but I can't figure out who it is. And so she said, well, you know, how, you know, what are you doing? And I told her what I was doing and I gave her the date. And <laughs> she goes, hey, you idiot. It's nine months prior to that date. It's not that date. <laughs> so it was funny. And it, <laughs> this might be a male brain compared to female brain. Sure. But I was trying to figure out why at that moment he was born and who, was, and who could I have possibly been with. And, so we, we brought it back another nine months from this birth, which uh, she got a good laugh out of, and I did too. But um, it, it, it's, I still wasn't sure who it was, and I couldn't figure it out. Have and you figured really, it out? I have. I have. I had to be really like a detective and figure it out. And what's interesting is I didn't want to have a conversation with my son. Because he was going to say, well, can you tell me about my mother? What was she like? Because he didn't, he does, he knew nothing about her. And he only found me on the DNA. So she's not on it. And so I thought he was going to say, where is she from? What did she look like? What did she do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, and I should say, the only information he had, he was adopted at three days old. And the only information he had was that... His mother was a 22-year-old law student at the time, and his father was a six-foot-four Jewish man. And I'll get to that in a little bit, because I'm neither Jewish nor six-foot-four. That's interesting, so, because I've heard this before, where like, like basically adopted parents have been lied to about who the, par who the biological parents are or their background and such. So it's interesting you say that. Right. So anyway, so I, 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 I'm trying to find out who it was. And um, I did figure it out. Um, so I don't know how much to go into this. But um, I, I again, I was not married. I was not engaged. I was didn't have a steady girlfriend and this and that. And my my parents and I told you I have a, I have a large family. They had a house that was being sold and the house sold. And there was a big, big party. The, um, you know, like a week before it was closed on or whatever. And my sisters had friends. My brothers had friends. My parents had friends. Everyone had friends over. I had friends at the party. And my neighbor, who I had gone on a couple of dates with, came over. And we saw each other that night. And she came over and we were talking. And it was, it kind of, we, we kind of knew we were going to be together that night. And and it was fun. Everyone was having a great time. Uh, a lot of laughter. It was kind of it was warm, so it was outside. It wasn't it wasn't inside rooms. And um, so I traced it back to them. And so I it I said it has to be this woman. Her name was Kate. So I said it has to be Kate because it couldn't be anyone else. I was actually living in another city, and I was moving, and I was not with anybody. So it was the only possibility. So this is it gets interesting because then I tried to find her. This is before 
speaking with Stephen. So I couldn't find her. So then I looked at their their family's name. And, uh, you know, obviously this is 37, 38 years. And so the family moved from the neighborhood. My family moved from the neighborhood. And she had a, a number of brothers and sisters, too, that I vaguely remember, just their names. And I could find nothing. I got on the Internet and I put a couple of names that I thought was their names and i found an attorney in washington and then someone else who was a plumber in florida and um you know it's a woman who was an attorney and i looked at a picture of her and i went well maybe it's her sister i don't know so i was long and short of it i was having a tough time Uh, i finally went to the obituaries in uh in that the same town and i looked at their last name and there it was not an uncommon name and I just looked and was no, 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 no. Finally, I came to a name and he he named his children, only their first name. But luckily, he named Kate's married name. Wow. So, so, so you were able up, to track her down that way. That's great detective I, work. <laughs> it, I looked up the married name and I found there was one one telephone number for a name. And I said, well, I've got to I've got to do this. And so I didn't do it the same time, the same day. I kind of had to think of my plan. So the next day I called and of course I called and the phone's ringing. And in my head, I'm thinking, please don't have a man answer. I just, (laughs) I didn't want to speak to her husband or boyfriend, or I just wanted to, you know, speak with her. And so obviously a man, hello. And I said, hi, this is, Gerard and I'm a friend of Kate's and we, our families knew each other. And frankly, I was being a little bit of a weasel, you know, I, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to open up to the husband. So I just said, you know, we're family friends and I, we lived next to each other, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the funny thing was he didn't buy any of it. He said, what, who is this? <laughs> so then he walks in the other room and I could kind of tell he had the phone like against his chest or something. And he said, Kate, there's some guy, Gerard, on the phone. And she said, who? And, he, and then he said, Gerard. And then, she, and then I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like, boy, this is a, this is a mistake. I'm, this is not going to go well. So then I hear her say, sure, I'll speak to Gerard. So then we get on the phone. And I'm, I'm sort of expecting her to, to have that attitude of, of oh, you know, I knew this call was going to come. I knew it was eventually going to happen. And there was none of that. None. And it was all small talk. You know, where's your what are your brothers doing? Are your parents still alive? Did they move? Where did they go? And she's asking me questions. I'm asking her questions. It's all small talk. It would be like just some in your neighborhood. And so I'm, I'm thinking this is crazy. I get no sense from her that she's thinking I'm about to say something. So finally I said, Hey, can I talk with you in confidence about something? And she said, absolutely. And when she said like that, I went, wow, I'm really barking up the wrong tree here. And so I said, I recently got an email and it talked about, I went on ancestry DNA and a match came back and it was a parent child match. And you know, I'm, I'm expecting her to say, oh, okay, now I know why you call. Anyway, n- nothing. So she's saying, yeah. And I said, well, it's a parent-child match, and, and I'm calling you because, you know, I thought maybe you knew something about it. And I'm being a little coy and probably stumbling a little bit. I don't remember. But, and she, you know, she's absolutely, you know, no clue. And, and then I, I'm thinking in my head, boy, this is an uncomfortable phone call. So now I'm going to say, well, nice talking to you. I got to go. But but I, I just knew it could be nobody else. And I finally I finally said. April 1982. And she starts crying and weeping. Mm. And. And she's like, oh, my God. She said, oh, she said, yes, I had a child. I gave him up for adoption. We were at this hospital. 
Um, she had she had called him another name. Um, she said, I cried for years because I gave him up for adoption. And then she said, and what kind of a woman am I to do that? And I said, you're a great woman because so many people wouldn't have done that. And now there's this supposedly wonderful human being on earth. And it's great. So we started to, we, we continued to talk and, um, so what so what what happened here so then we continued to talk and you know and that's funny because after we were talking for a while there was that rapport back and forth and then it brought me back and i'm like wow i now i remember why i liked you and i think it was reciprocal i think she said yeah we got along well so we went out a couple of times it was never that we were going to be steady or have a boyfriend and girlfriend but it was always a great time we always enjoyed each other and um I never for a second did I think after that night that, you know, I, I, you know, that there would ever be a, a child from that union. So, um, she kept talking and, you know, and of course I'm a little surprised that why did it take so long for you to realize why I called? And then she finally said, she said, I, I, I wasn't sure it was you. So and what's funny if if there are women listening, all you guys probably figured this out already. But sometimes men can be dopes, and <laughs> and so you know she said she was breaking up with her boyfriend at the time, and the boyfriend was a six foot four Jewish man, dark haired as well. And so when I spoke with Stephen, he said, "Yeah, I'm five nine." I have blue eyes and I have light hair. So I'm 5'8", I have blue eyes and light hair. And so it makes a little more sense. But um, so then she told me. And, um, and then the other thing she said, her husband knew. And I'm so happy about that because I didn't want to... I didn't want anything to be sneaky about this. This was out in the open. This is just... This is life. This is the way it is. This is information I found out. And... I had a bond with these people and I did just didn't know about it, but now it's here, you know, it's not, it can't be undone. And, um, so I, so I, this, this probably took four or five days for me to find all this out. And, um, and then I, I emailed Stephen back and forth and I told him, um, I said, I'd like to speak with him. And that, that was, you know, as, as I guess anyone out there can realize that there was so much angst. There was so much, I was nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be speaking to someone who's my son and I don't even, I've never spoken to him in my life. And so we spoke and I remember where I was. I was in my office and I was standing because I was too nervous to sit and I wanted to be and I didn't know how to act. I didn't know, do I act like a, try to act like a father or a friend or a stranger that we just met? And I, I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of just was open about it. That's all. And um, so we, we spoke and I said, uh, and, and, and then I told him about his mom. I said, you know, we like each other a lot. Uh, so and you know we we were I, f I forget what I said but it was like you you were born from two people that liked each other it was not some accident or somebody was in a drunken stupor or and it, it wasn't anything bad and I wanted him to know that uh, so then we spoke and I said uh, you know I'd like to know about you are you married do you have kids do you where where do you live did you go to school you know and he said I'll let you go on my Facebook page. Oh, and the other thing I said was, and I think we should probably take the test again just to make sure. And he said, absolutely. So he gives me his Facebook connection and I got on Facebook. And then there's, as as you know, there's a bunch of thumbnails and there was one that looked like somebody was at a baseball game. So I clicked on the thumbnail and there were there were two couples sitting in on in baseball uh, care um, stadium seats and so it was boy girl boy girl and i looked and 
Stephen had a hat on, and so I kind of looked at everybody. Don't forget, this is the first time I'm looking at a photograph of somebody who's probably my son. And I looked, and I clicked on, and I opened up, I blew the picture up, and I looked, and I went, well, there's no sense in taking this test again. There's no sense in wasting any other any other money on a, on a DNA test. So he looked a lot like me, especially when I was young. You know, I'm older now, so it's it's different. But um, so then we made arrangements to meet. He was out west and I was um, on the East Coast. And so. uh, Did he come to you or did you go to him? Did you meet in the middle? I I went to him. Okay, cool. I I went to him. I figured, you know, I'll I'll come to you. And and a couple of people said, oh, well, did you bring the whole family? (laughs) And I just laughed and I said, no, because I assume he's a good person and a nice guy. But I didn't know that. He could have been a bad dude. He could be into drugs or he could be into, you know, he could be with the wrong crowd. And so I went out alone because I wanted to, you know, I would never have brought my daughters or my wife out there at the the onset. Never. You know, I want to make sure everything is kind of as squared away as possible. And it was a good meeting? It it, it was a good meeting. Um, Interesting thing, when I'm I'm flying out there and there was a layover in Salt Lake City and then I had to take another flight, it was in California, and and I'm nervous on the whole flight, you know, wide awake and nervous, and I landed, I'm trying to read a magazine or something, and I I can't read, my mind is just elsewhere, and for something happened, when I landed in Salt Lake City, I, you know, how how can I be a father to this guy? What how do I act? What what you know? I've never had a son. I've had a daughter, and I tried to be the best dad I could, and I'm sure I could have been better. But so I said, how how do I need to act with him? And all of a sudden, I realized he doesn't need a father. He has a father. So and in his first email, he said, I have a mother and a father that both love me and I love them which made me really happy. And then it took the pressure off because when I realized, wait a minute, he doesn't need a father. He's not looking for a father. He has one. Um, But he's got a new connection. So he's got somebody that I might have, he might have a lot of my traits. And um, so anyway, we flew in, uh, I landed and I rented a car. I forget where I landed, but but we drove, I drove because he was an hour hour and a half away from the any large city and um so i i went and i saw him and um i knocked on his door and it's funny because there was no one there but i heard dogs barking and so i said that's kind of odd he's not here (laughs) so then i hear a honk and someone comes driving and pulling in and it was steven and he gets out of the car and he walks up and we're on this little you know porch type thing and so we looked at each other and we hugged and we stopped and looked at each other and then we hugged again and then he said come on inside and you know you're looking at each other and looking at his eyes and his hair and his body and his leg you know like i'm looking at everything and i'm sure he's doing the same so um, I stayed at his house, he and his fiance's house out, out west. And it's interesting because when I first called, I said, I said, listen, I'm, I'll come and I'll just get a hotel room. And he goes, no, no, you can come and stay with us. And I said, no, I wouldn't think of it. I'll stay in a hotel. Because again, I don't know what he's really like and he doesn't know what I'm really like. And so he said, no, no, I'd like you to come and stay with us. And what's funny about that is that's very much me. In other words, that's something that I would do. Most people wouldn't do that. It would be like, no, let's find out. You get a hotel room. We'll meet at a common area. We'll meet at a restaurant. We'll talk a little bit and then see how it goes. So he said that, and I went, okay, I will. Um, so I know most people wouldn't do that. At least in my head, that's what I think. So I did, and I stayed at this place, and we... I looked at all these photographs from him from growing up 
And it was funny because I'm looking at the photographs and I'm looking at one or two and I guess I forgot where I was. And there was a picture of him sitting down next to a dog. And I'm looking at it going, I don't remember that dog. I don't remember having that dog. So I looked at him and I thought he was me. I forgot for a second. So he looked, so he was probably in his 20s. And when I was in my 20s, I must have looked very much the same way. Um, so I took a few pictures of it and sent it to some of my friends and their their jaws dropped because it, it looked so much like me at that time in my life. So anyway, I was tired. So I went to bed at his place and his fiance and his fiance was a sweetheart. She was the one that sort of instigated this whole thing. So I said, I'm tired. So I went to bed and then I woke up really early and I went downstairs and I tried to find the coffee. I was going to make the coffee. So I'm kind of going around the kitchen and it reminded me of college days because um i couldn't find anything and you know everything was all over the place but it was a cute cute house and then um so i found it made some coffee and it's making so i open up to get a coffee cup and i look in and there's about 35 different coffee cups and there's not two of them that are the same it's just all these odd cups you know and I just kind of remind, it reminded me of my college days. But anyway, so I looked through them and I grabbed one and I pulled it out and I'm having coffee and I think I had my computer and I was on there. So it's all quiet. I'm downstairs. So about 15, 20 minutes later, Stephen wakes up and he comes downstairs and I said, good morning. And I said, I made coffee. He said, oh, great. So he's walking by and he looks down at my computer and he looks down at the coffee cup and he said, that's my favorite cup. And that just blew me away because I looked through that cupboard with 30 cups and, you know, I wanted a certain cup that I liked. So I grabbed it and he walks down and the first thing he said was, that's my favorite cup. So that was that was interesting to me. Kind of kind of just got my attention. Well, that's an incredible story. And to go out to meet him. And uh, to spend that time with him, to have these realizations that you had, to really see the the great similarity at your ages when you would have been that age and such. Uh, so you go out solo, but you have your daughters, you have your wife. Has there been a, a meetup between all of your family? Is the connection ongoing? Like what role uh, does he play in all of your lives today? Um, he's, he is involved in our lives. We all, we all communicate. It's interesting after I came back and I explained to my daughters and wife and everything about how it went and what it was like. And so both of my daughters, you know, they're adult women. And, um, so one of them said, you know, she said, dad, you know, I, I, I spoke with Stephen and I said, that's great. So oh, incidentally, I got them all to communicate with each other. And uh, one thing I want to say is when I told, when I was first speaking with Stephen on the phone before we ever met, I said, Stephen, I have to tell you something. You have two absolutely awesome sisters. And I sensed he kind of choked up a little bit as, as almost my daughters did when I, when I told him that they had a brother and it was kind of special and sweet and it was powerful. So anyway, then I went out and met him and then my, my daughter said, Oh yeah, I've been on talking to Steven. And I said, that's great. And she goes, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go out. And I said, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so she goes, no, we're going out. I said, no, I heard you. That's great. She goes, no, no, no. We have our tickets. We're going. <laughs> so I went, oh, and this is after I went and met him and everything. So she, he, my daughter, her husband, and my other daughter went out together to meet him. And they had a wonderful meeting out in California. And um, they came back and they just, it blew their mind because they saw so many mannerisms that he had that I have. And that's so interesting to me because that. That's not that's not learned behavior. You know, that's got to yeah. be in your genes. She said but certain things he does, the way he moves, like a lot of times I'll, I'll back up to a counter and just push myself up on it. <laughs> and but my daughter said he did that. And both my daughters looked at each other like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, it looks just like dad. 
You're not the first person to say something like that, and I'm sure you won't be the last. You know, you're probably right. And then, and then there was a wonderful time. I invited everyone down, and we had a Thanksgiving together. Stephen and his fiance came out, and my daughters were there. My wife was there. Uh, her aunt was there, and we just had a few days being together, and and it was great. It was great. I, um, I'm curious if his mother Kate, if she ever made a connection with him, or did she kind of just want that to be in the past and not introduce herself into the situation? No, I I kind of um I kind of paved the way for that. Um, I I told her what I knew, and I told Stephen what I knew, and I'm sure Stephen wanted to find out. So I said, "Here, here's the number. You know, you speak," and they did. And they they have a relationship, and they've they've seen each other. I've I've made it so, you know, I've kind of allowed them to other, uh, and and they've met. But I was proud that I I got the two of them together, and so they have a relationship. So I you know, when he was adopted, he was an only child, and I think he had a couple of cousins. Well, now he's got, <laughs> you know, two moms and two dads, and he has like a thousand cousins because of, there's. I have a big, I have a big family and so does Kate and um, it's a whole new thing. So he opened up a can of worms. But the story is just all, it's incredible. Uh, the story yeah. you tell, you know, to go from the fact of not knowing you had a son, you knew you had daughters, you didn't know you had a son, right. putting it all together, meeting him and now the story that you all have and the life that you continue to live with each other, it's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And and it's funny. I think I think I want a little more than he wants, but I think it might be overwhelming because you know, he grew, the major part of his life he was like an only child. Probably communicated with his parents, you know, once every month or so. And all of a sudden he's got sisters. Oh, and Kate has a son with special needs, so he um he communicates with Kate and so it's a, and now he's got cousins, and and uh, now he's an uncle because my daughter had a baby. So all of a, all of a sudden, it's like whoa, you know, a lot going on. But he's he's a good man. Um, I I would like to be closer, um, and I think it it may happen in time. It's nothing. It's, not, it's nothing that I will force. But if I if I can be of uh, of any service or a mentor to him in any respect, I, I would like that, you know, if I can. I also think it's great that you were uh, open and ready and willing to converse. You know, maybe it took uh, a few days or whatever, but, you know, there are some people that might get that email that might be told, oh, you're a father, uh, and they just might kind of... Um, acknowledge it but just walk away from it so you've completely embraced it which i think is an inspiring part of your story and uh can hopefully speak to maybe someone else who finds themselves uh in your shoes yeah thank you um i, I kind of think it's the only it's the only thing to do it's like uh, otherwise you're hiding something or protecting something that i i i don't know it was i guess was the only thing i i could have done was just try to be open about it um, but, and you know, it's funny because men and women are different with this. Cause I, early on, I remember telling a few guys and they immediately kind of backed off and went, you know, there's a lot of crap on the internet. I wouldn't believe that. I would really not believe it. <laughs> and I had one guy kept saying, he's an, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't believe it. I said, I said, he's my son. He's like, nah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> and I'm going, man, you got problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Go, see, go see counseling because something's going on. Yeah, and it's indisputable to you. You have the DNA. You have the pictures. You know, it, you know right. it. So, so right. yeah. So I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to hide. And and if it makes his life richer, then I think that's great. And if I can add, if I can add anything to that, he's certainly added to my life. And so has Heather, his fiance. She was such a sweetheart. It was her. It was because of her that you know we met and you know it's interesting i never for a second thought oh well i wonder if he ever wonders about his 
health history. Because, you know, I have a mother and a father, and I know what their health history was. So I never thought about, I wonder if an adopted person, you know, given up for adoption at birth, they don't know, is there, you know, yeah. history of cancer or a cardiac, you know, or heart conditions. And like all of these little things start to dawn on me. I'm like, wow, I never thought about that stuff. But so at least that's a little bit. So he's found out some good and some bad probably. But um, but the information is there. So at least you can deal with it as opposed to wondering about it. Yeah. And maybe that was one of the reasons why you did this search too. There's so many reasons why an adoptee would want to try to find more information about his biological family. And so, uh, Gerard, I'm very grateful for this conversation today, for you reaching out. I, I didn't know what I was going to hear as the story, but this is just a, a very inspiring story to me. And I'm very grateful uh, to be able to share that with the rest of the DNA Discovery audience. Thanks. I'm, I'm grateful as well. Thanks so much for listening to DNA Discovery's Stories of Finding Family. If Gerard's story was one that touched you or moved you, I'd encourage you to share it with someone else that you think might enjoy this podcast or be able to relate to it. Also, if you don't mind, could you head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast? Give it five stars, say something nice, and as you do that, that's going to help to put the podcast into the algorithms so that the audience can continue to grow and others can find hope and inspiration from the stories shared on this podcast. If you have your own story, again, you can send me an email at dnadiscoverysspodcast at gmail.com or going to dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm and using the contact form there. I look forward to hearing from you, and I also look forward to sharing another story with you real soon. Stay tuned, and I'll be with you again for DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family.